Hey, seasoned athletes, I'm Robin Leggett, and this is episode 39 of the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. This is your home for inspiring stories and motivational advice from competitive athletes representing a wide variety of sports who all share one common bond. They are all over 40 years old. We're here to prove one story at a time that age does not have to prevent you from achieving your bold athletic and fitness goals. To learn more about this podcast and see show notes from this or any episode, visit seasonedathlete.me. And if you like what you hear, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'm super excited about the interview I'm about to share with you today. About a week ago, I had the privilege of bringing the Seasoned Athlete podcast to the first ever Spartan Podfest at the Spartan World Championships weekend in Lake Tahoe. While there, I got to interview a number of extraordinary guests. The first interview I did was with three gentlemen by the name of John Witzing, Josh Chessman, and Brian Tosh Chontosh, and they were about to embark on an incredible challenge. Just hours from when we sat down to talk, John, Josh, and Tosh were going to enter individual shipping containers and spend 24 hours running on true form runner human powered treadmills. They would be doing this in the dark, isolated from the outside world. No communication, no music, nothing but their own thoughts and iron will pushing them through. The goal? run as many miles as possible in 24 hours. Known as the Locked and Loaded 24 Hours of Isolation Challenge, they were doing this in support of mental health veterans and first responders. Although their individual goals were to run more miles than their competitors, to them, true victory was to help those suffering in silence. You can learn more about this project and donate to the charities they're supporting through it at thewhiteboardproject.com. Be sure to stick around to the end of the episode where I will give a recap and share a short follow-up interview with John talking about how the locked and loaded 24 hours of isolation event played out and who came out victorious. And now here's my interview with John Witzing, Josh Chessman, and Brian Tosh Chantosh. You guys are all here because you are about to embark on a really insane endeavor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as most people would consider. Maybe you guys don't. You guys are like, this is just a day. This is just my life. But uh, you guys are about to embark on the Locked and Loaded 24-Hour Isolation Challenge. Correct. Yes, right. here at Spartan World Championships. So uh, we're going to get into what you guys are about to do because it's it's nuts. Um, but we're going to talk about what you're about to do, what it entails, your training and everything. But first, what I want to do is just find out, as I ask this question of all my guests on the show, what is your age at this moment in time? So I'm going to start with, uh, John. Yeah, so 43 years old, just had a birthday. Happy birthday. Freaking right, man. Yeah. <laughs> and Tosh. I'm 44. And Josh. 28, and I have a birthday every year. You do? Same, same day. <laughs> you are so keep wise. Con- keep it consistent. So you'll notice that uh, one of these things is not like the other. That's right. <laughs> but I'm way better looking. That's right. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so yeah, Josh, you're 28 years old. You're officially the youngest guest on the Season Athlete I'm Podcast. Season Athlete. So you are, you, it's like you've hit this, you win the prize. <laughs> we haven't done the competition yet. Yeah, yeah you are, you've already won anyways. something. That's so crazy, you're like, yeah. I don't even need to do this thing. I've, I've already won. <laughs> yeah. So, but they say you're an old soul. So we're going to, cool. we're going to let that apply. And you are wise enough to know that you have a birthday every year. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. So, um, who wants to tell me what you're about to do? Jeez. I think it's going to be John. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to do the first ever sensory deprivation endurance challenge. Uh, basically, it consists of three of us jumping in our own shipping container for 24 hours. 
in a completely sensory deprived environment. So there'll be no light, uh, no sound, uh, no biofeedback, so no time, distance, cadence, any of the typical things that we would monitor performance in a typical running race to gauge where we're at. We'll be absent with all of that. Uh, we'll be on Trueform Runners, which is a non-motorized treadmill running for 24 hours in complete isolation with the knowledge that uh, we've got somebody else that we're competing against in another shipping container. So that is it in a nutshell. Okay. Uh, and why would you do such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there's an evolution to this for sure. Josh and I have known each other for, for a few years and uh, we... I've uh, been doing workouts uh, and upping the ante at every opportunity we get. Uh, we started out about three years ago doing workouts we called the whiteboard workouts. And effectively, we come from two different wheelhouses. I'm more of an endurance athlete. Josh is more of a strongman uh, CrossFit guy. And we would just combine uh, the best of both worlds into one workout, try to up the ante each time. We literally wrote these workouts down on a whiteboard. Each time we'd wipe the slate clean, start fresh, and try to make it more difficult. And... It, every time they just got crazier and crazier and longer and uh, longer. longer and longer. And, <laughs> and, and this challenge, believe it or not, um, the current version of it was something else. About a year ago, we, we originally had the idea of just putting two treadmills in two separate rooms, taking the clocks off the wall, setting a time cap and saying, OK, go and see who could run the most mileage. Yeah. May 3rd, 2018, we were on our way to an ultra in New York. And this is what happens when two guys, two training buddies spend nine hours in a vehicle and uh, start to let the mind wander. And we came up with this version that you see today. And uh, from there, you know, we've, uh, we were able to rope Tosh into getting involved. How do you, how do you, how do you all know these guys, Tosh? Uh, I don't. I <laughs> just met him for the first time face-to-face uh, -face yesterday. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Really, or, or the night before. Night before. Really late. Yeah. But, um, you know, we, we were in contact through mutual friends, mutual uh, people that are supporting our efforts. And uh, I was pulled in to, to help these guys, like, optimize their mindset. And the more I started thinking about this, is uh, I want to be a participant, too. And... Next thing you know, here it is. <laughs> so we have we have an endurance guy. We have like more of a strongman lifting guy. And then what is your specialty? You said you were helping them optimize their mindset. So Tosh, what what is your specialty in this? Uh, I don't I don't think I have a specialty per se. I just I love hard challenges. Um, I do ultra events. I, I love adventure racing. Um, the expedition length ones. Um, I love going long distances. I started with a marathon and then a 50 miler and a 100 miler and into the 200 milers did Candace Burt's uh, Moab 240 last year and was looking for another hard thing to do this year and have a couple things lined up and then this popped up and I don't think there's anything harder that I've attempted with all of that than this so that intrigued me and um, I just live an active lifestyle I work out I do CrossFit mm -hmm. um, I stay outdoors I hike I run and I just generally that's about it all right. So, uh, Josh, uh, what experience do you have in any sort of long form endurance? Yeah, there's a little bit of experience that's built up over the last few years. Uh, that kind of started with John when we kind of combined wheelhouses. There was a it's like John and I are on opposite sides of the continuum and the workouts were kind of dead center. So we each had to sort of accommodate each other's mm -hmm. skill sets in order to try to beat each other, <laughs> essentially. Essentially. I had to be okay at running. 
and he had to be better at doing burpees with running <laughs> or, or we were going to be losing. So yeah, I come from a background of, of just loving to lift weights and not liking running. So, um, yeah, it, it slowly manifested into like strongman competitions, which I did at an amateur level being like hundred pounds lighter than the other dudes. Um, not winning, but anyway, amateur <laughs> <laughs> and then slowly turning into a little bit more CrossFit training with Tosh does. And obviously with that, there's a good combination of endurance mm-hmm. and power and good overall fitness. And then we started getting into more endurance style mm-hmm. challenges that were just longer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's hard to have power when you're doing longer events. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah, I guess the experience I have, we did, I did a 13 hour Spartan hurricane heat, which was overnight. That was a, that was a pretty good challenge. And we've done some sleep deprived runs. Mm-hmm. It's, it's honestly pretty much like what him and I will try to do in training. Let's talk That's about that. Let's talk about that a little bit. Cause you guys train together quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And so we've got, you know, the, the young buck Yeah, and we've got, I'm going to call you the elder statesman. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so tell it. me, tell me about the dynamic of that and, and how, how age plays into mm. how you guys have trained together and then the competitive level of your training. I, I, I can tell you guys are competitive, mm-hmm. obviously. <laughs> so uh, tell me about the competitiveness and, and how age has played into that. I kind of almost think of age as a, as an advantage in terms of aerobic capacity. Mm. And that's one thing we learned at the true form, mm-hmm. um, fitness center in in Connecticut was your peak aerobic base is around age 50 mm-hmm. and John's aerobic fitness is ridiculous right now. So mm-hmm. that's, that's just that much more to think about what it's going to be like in seven to 10 years. Um, you got a lot to look forward to. Yeah, a lot, I got a lot to look forward to. You got to a lot I'm, to look forward to. Yeah, when I'm frigging clapping my hands <laughs> behind him trying to get in his frigging head. Uh, that's a true story from us that's running trails. Story. What happened? So he, uh, <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, so a, a lot of the time in training, this is about a year ago, we would do some type of event where just us training, we'd, we'd head down to the trails and we'd write down a two-hour workout and it'd be running and circuit and running and blah, blah, blah. And John is a way better runner than me on trail straight it doesn't matter he's just a faster runner and better long distance so as soon as we started implementing some body weight shit in there so i, I used burpees earlier uh that all of a sudden put me ahead a lot more because my anaerobic capacity was quite a bit better than john so they started to meet in the middle so uh, <laughs> towards some of the end of the the uh event like the end of the two hours if he was within sight i would just start clapping to try to taunt him and and the odd time he heard me over his headphones so it started to fuck him up i think and then i remember this one time i tried to sprint like five minutes out and i end up just gassing out too early and then he passed me again that's true story. just getting too cocky uh, that's funny. <laughs> so the, the the cockiness of youth sometimes played to your advantage and sometimes Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't think cockiness is always effective. No. <laughs> As it turns out. I, I think experience is effective. Yeah. And what's, uh, what's your perspective, John? Uh, you know, for me, uh, well, Josh is one of my best friends and, um, training partners, obviously, you know, there's, there, I find it rewarding training with someone who's younger. I mean, I typically train with a lot of younger guys, <clears throat> keeps me, keeps me sharp, keeps me pushing myself and it reminds me that there's really no limits to potential. So, I, I focus on that. It's more like, what can I take away from these guys? And yeah, it's motivational. Josh knows that. It's like, I get pretty jazzed up um, when it comes to when it comes to um, when it comes to just uh, 
training and uh, pushing each other and uh, in terms of, you know, the, the actual experience side of it, it's any given day, you know, it doesn't really matter. I mean, there's days that you have on days and days you have off days and there's days I walk away with my hat in my hand and there's days where I'm like, oh, yeah, I got one. Yeah. <laughs> I got that kid. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So let's talk about training specifically for this event because it's so unique. You are going into shipping containers. You're going to be in pitch black. You're not going to have clocks. You're not going to have any sort of measurement tools. Um, what have you guys done? Maybe we'll talk to you, Tosh. What have you done? I'm, unless you don't want to reveal what you've done. Uh, but uh, what have you done specifically to help you prepare for this, this un- the uniqueness of what you're about to take on? Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think I'm probably the least prepared in terms of what I've put into preparation. Um, I'm drawn off of a lot of my experience uh, in, in doing these things. Uh, you build a, I, I like to look at each event is training for the next event, um, much like, like life, right? You, you experience something in life and that prepares you to handle or manage the next thing that you're going to experience. So kind of accruing a set of experiences over the years. I'm, I'm different in my training now. I'm super busy. I don't have a lot of time to dedicate to specific training. Um, but what I did for this was more practice. Uh, I live an active lifestyle. Um, I didn't want to focus specifically on running. I didn't want to focus specifically on running on a true form. However, I recognize that there were some, if you want to talk about the neurological components of, of training, you know, finding my balance in a, in a sensory deprived environment, um, overcoming that initial sensations of nausea when you don't have these things to, to maintain in your mind and your body is working overtime to make sense of what you're doing. So I've never put, I did 21 miles in the last two months on the true form runner but nothing longer than a 10 minute stint. I just got on the Trueform Runner and I found a pace and a cadence that I was happy with that I could just feel good managing knowing that I can extend that over time, this, this time domain being 24 hours, which is much shorter than the longest one I've ever done. Um, so I wanted to get comfortable with that pacing. Um, I would do that with, with music on, I would do that in the light, I would do that outdoors, I would do that indoors, I just kind of did that because I was working on balance, form, technique, cadence, awareness. I spray painted some swimming goggles so that I could black out and I could go mm-hmm. totally blacked out. Um, I did it a couple times with with no music, with no timer, things like that. Because you guys just, can't just have any it. any sound, any music, yeah, anything right. like that. Zero. Yeah, Zero. So most most of my training was more. If you were to be technical about it, was more practice. Mm-hmm. So uh, none of my runs were. I think the farthest I ran in ten minutes was one point zero nine miles, and um, that that's all. That's the longest distance I've run, mm-hmm. and then just continued my lifestyle. You know, work out once a day, watch what I eat, and um, do yard work. So, so, so you're kind of the Zen master, it sounds like, of this group. I wouldn't say Zen master. <laughs> um, I just, I, I think, you know, you, you, you talked to the gentleman before about uh, what, they've, what they've done and how, how they've trained with each other and age playing into it. And I just have a lot of different experiences mm-hmm. that I can draw upon to give me reference. I've been well outside of the 24-hour time domain in multi-sport events, but also in running. I've been in sensory deprived environments. I've been in highly kinetic and stressful environments. So I have these things that I can draw upon and it's, it's just pattern recognition. I pull it's or slicing. I pull a little slice from this experience, a little slice from this experience, a little pattern recognition from this other experience and anticipate what this one is going to be. And it's going to be unique. I've never done this one. 
and I'll pull all those slices and put it together and try to apply that to this current situation. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. kind of my mindset. Yeah, like really mm-hmm. methodical. Like, yeah. 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 Josh, uh, has your training been similar or different? Um, I guess the word practice comes to mind with, with my training as well. And I basically mean intentional training when I say practice. It, it, there needs to be some intent behind it. What I did notice is through our training, we were geared towards doing like two hours a day mm-hmm. on the true form. And that was most days. I went on two trips during this, which makes it really hard to get on a true form. I went to Germany for three weeks and there was one true form in Germany and I was nine hours away. So I did not train that on a true form happening. in Germany. <laughs> um, so yeah, I did some runs. I, um, I spent, I'd say 50% of my time thinking about the challenge, whether that was, um, during yoga or during just sitting on a yoga mat, breathing or, or running on the true form. I would think about running in the box. Mm-hmm. I would think about John's garage as, uh, a shipping container with steel walls and not being able to tap to get out kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you guys trained in John's garage. Correct. Yeah. yeah. That's where we did most of the training. That's where the true form was. Mm-hmm. And that was a, that was a, I guess the best environment we could, we could use for that, that time, the mm-hmm. two months, uh, while simulating it pretty close. How, do, uh, John, tell me how you tried to simulate the shipping container with your garage. What, what steps you took to, try yeah, to well, the garage itself is pretty hot. It's a great question. So it, it, it's pretty hot. You know, the, the air is, there's airflow, but it's static. You know, it's stale air. Um, it gets quite hot. And Josh uh, picked up this eye mask. We didn't have goggles, but we had this eye mask that we'd throw on to just uh, block, block it out. I did some runs at night, too, in conjunction with the mask to make it extremely dark. Uh, I was doing anywhere from an hour 15 on the low end to two-hour runs. Uh, so I was pushing the upper le- limits. And I think probably just based on my background with Ironman, I was trying to take a more uh, direct path to training for this, even though it's something I've never done before. I don't have experience like Tosh. Mm-hmm. And even even Josh, you know, our experiences are different. So I, I took more of a, uh, an athletic approach to trying to structure things and, and keep on a certain schedule. Um, and obviously within, within the garage, no time, you know, none of the biofeedback uh, was accessible. I did monitor, I'm a very stats driven guy. So, and being an Ironman guy, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you know that a lot, yeah. a lot of Ironman athletes are very stats driven. So I know all the stats. Uh, I even know the stats coming into today in terms of like where I'm at. Um, so I monitored all of it not during the activity, but afterwards I, I would download the, the files and, and check into it. So I, I know I have a good read. So you can kind of track your, yeah. track how you're doing along the yeah. way, see if there's yeah. improvements happening. Yeah, exactly. Like um, I will add ahead. though, the difference is like, I've never done this before. Sure. So the variables are going to be entirely different once, once I'm inside the box, you know, as much as you simulate, um, it's going to be different. Absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be different. Yeah. Hard. You're going to have to make adjustments as you go and react to whatever stimuli or lack of stimuli is around you. Yeah. So this started as kind of two dudes in a van. Literally. (laughs) Literally started (laughs) as two dudes in a van and it has evolved significantly into a big charity project. Correct. Um, Who would like to discuss the charity aspect? I would love to, who knows the most about that? 
They're all passing. They're all pointing to each other. <laughs> John, John, I think it's going to be you. Yeah, I think yeah. it all. Everybody put their finger on their nose, nod it, and then it's gone to you. So, tell me about how this has evolved into a, a charity event. Yeah. So, I mean, Josh and I realized pretty quickly if we were going to do this beyond the scope of what what we were originally talking about, and you got to understand, like we were going to do this regardless. We were going to put two shipping containers literally in our backyard, grab our iPhones, put them up on my makeshift you know, tripod and, and just record this thing. Yeah. So that's, that's what we were going to do. We were doing this anyways, and we were doing it this summer, but we, we realized quickly if we were going to live cast it, we need to do it for a reason. People are not just going to tune in for a reason. And, and we both have a personal connection related to mental health. And actually where this started is a good buddy of ours who is a uh, police officer back in the province of Ontario uh, suffered a pretty, fa- not fatal, but a pretty serious uh, on-duty injury about a year and a half ago. He's got a serious brain injury, and uh, that's where it started with us. Is that yeah, that's right. We, we our motivation was let's do something for for Craig. I'll just yeah. throw the shout out. Yeah. So let's do something for Craig, and we couldn't really find the right angle to to support Craig and uh, and brain injury. So we were like, okay, mental health makes a lot of sense to us because of the, the offshoots of some of the stuff that Craig's dealing with. So yeah, it's just evolved, evolved into mental health. It made a lot of sense. Uh, I grew up in a military uh, family, a lot, of, a lot of relatives in the military. You know, Tosh, uh, when he got involved too, you know, uh, military background. Like, so it just made a lot of sense in terms of, you know, some of the personal connections we have. Um, mental health is really a societal issue. Uh, it's such a big issue. I mean, uh, you know, there's so many angles you can talk about on this particular subject. The stigma still exists. We know 50% of people still don't report a mental health related issue uh, if they're experiencing it to their doctors. So it's something that we felt like this could be a good symbolic endeavor to lift the veil a little bit off that. That's right. uh, that's essentially how it evolved. It was just more of a, we got to do this. It's, it's the right reason. So. Yeah. And so, and so the sensory deprivation is almost like a, a parallel to the darkness uh, that people experience in when suffering from mental health issues and, yeah. and, and having, you know, having that lack of connection to the real world. And yeah. uh, so you guys are simulating that. How did you get connected to Spartan? Cause this is not in your backyard. <laughs> no, it's uh, not. Uh, how did you, how did the, how did the Spartan connection uh, take place so that you your shipping containers are out in the middle of the Spartan world <clears throat> championships? Uh, I'll start with just uh, we, we were fortunate enough to have an advisory team built around us through, through true form through Jeff Vernon. And Tosh was was one of the first guys to put up his hand and say, I'll, I'll help these guys out. In our very first conversation, uh, he made it clear that he was going to throw his support behind us in any way, shape, or form to help us prepare for this. But if there was a possibility, he'd like to participate. And we said, absolutely, we'd love to, ha- we'd love to have him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it kind of evolved from there where, where Tosh... Um, through you know connections and, and mutual friends, was able to you know get us a, a conversation with Joe DeSena. and I'm not going to speak for Tosh. I'll, I'll let him fill in the rest of it. But essentially, it was it makes a lot of sense to try to do it at a big venue. Let's let's figure it out, and I'll let Tosh tell the rest of the story. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I just believe in what we're doing. I was I was moved uh, by by what these guys were trying to accomplish, uh, bigger than themselves. It was never about themselves once it started to take shape or form, and I just got excited to be involved. And the more I thought about it, the more I got excited to participate. And then uh, it's like, hey, if we're gonna really do this big, let's let's do it big. 
who do I know that does stuff big? And good, pe- good people get together to do good things for other good people. And, and that's, that, that's kind of like the community and the circle that I surround myself with. So I just reached out to Joe, Zach, Zach Evanesh, and um, hey man, I could use a little help here. Uh, we want to put this on a grand stage. I can't think of any bigger grand stage with parallels in what they believe in and what they're trying to do than Spartan Race. And with without hesitation, uh, yeah, we're in. Mm-hmm. Joe just mobilized his staff and said, make this happen. And it grew. And through their generosity, uh, they've given us this 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 platform mm-hmm. here at the World Championships in, in uh, Squaw Valley. So... And everything that they bring to the table as a brand, as an identity, as a purpose, um, is behind us. And I mean, and that's that's an awesome, awesome opportunity. So uh, really, it's it's all those guys that just jumped in really quick and said yes. I mean, and now we're here, <laughs> and it's yeah. it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. So um, that that's kind of how it worked. You know, you, you use your network for other people. You don't use it for yourself. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to do for these guys. And I'm just fortunate enough to be on on the ride right now yeah. yeah i like that you're like i've got i got connections i can help you out but in exchange i want in yeah <laughs> yeah i'm doing this. Well, in, in, in defense like uh, uh, of somebody maybe me or maybe you guys but uh, they, they invited me in before yeah. right mm-hmm. it, this was um i was already yeah. in doing it and we were gonna head to ottawa yeah we were going Originally, i was gonna fly yeah. to ottawa and we were gonna just do this up there at their house and, and um, the it's one of the original ideas so that's where he's referencing yeah. ottawa yeah so then I was already in, which is exciting. And then it's like, well, something happened, something fell out. This wasn't happening quite as smoothly. And it's like, hey, well, let's 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 put the right people in the right place so that we don't have these hiccups. And yeah. let's do it. And then it's like, well, if you're gonna ask, you might as well ask for the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. And, and Joe gave us the world. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally. literally. It, it never hurts to ask, right? <laughs> yeah. And and here you are. How does the? I, I don't know the elevation of where you guys are from, but how does the elevation here play into? Uh, what you will be experiencing in these shipping containers? Good question. Yeah, I remember. Uh, it, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna mess them up. Uh, you're talking about Josh. Josh and John. Speci- oh, it's, oh, both of them. He's gonna mess that up. You were specifically pointing to Josh. Yeah, John doesn't al- doesn't get affected by altitude. Different. Oh, lungs. he doesn't. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just fucking. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> the, the trash talking is already happening. Oh, you yeah. guys go in these containers tomorrow. How much trash talking happens between now and tomorrow? Oh, there's been trash talking for like. I think it's mainly Tosh and John. I'm kind of keeping quiet. Yeah, Tosh and I've been trading texts and, and yeah. trash talking. A lot other. of sexting too. I think. Isn't no, it? <laughs> yeah. I, I you guys are very close now. I've been a part of it. But uh, what was I going to say here? What was the, the elevation? How elevation. That, yeah. yeah, I think we're about th- uh, three thousand to thirty-five hundred feet higher here than we are in Peterborough. For sure. Yeah. And it's funny because we weren't thinking about altitude at all. We were thinking about sensory depth. No music, no timer, no stats, no watch, no heart rate monitor. How are we going to fuel with food now that we're pretty much keto adapted or John, you're keto adapted. Mm-hmm. That's totally new. We're not running with shoes, like all these totally different things. And then it was, like, I think like three weeks ago, we're like, oh yeah, altitude. Oh crap. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That might, that's also, okay. There we go. There's another, uh, another step up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you just deal with it. I don't know how it's going to affect us. You're going to find out. We're going to find out. It's probably yeah, going to slow the, I mean, maybe slow the pace down a little bit. I've done races at, at elevation before, but obviously being from Ontario, relatively flat, yeah. you know, no mountains, uh, it, it affects you, but what are you going to do? You're, you're, hard, gonna do? you're, you're in there. You're in, right? You're not, so, yeah. 
Um, uh, I'm hoping that uh, Tosh will sponsor me and let me move to Boulder. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think it's foolish to say that the, the elevation's not going to affect us all. Right. Right. I mean, it, it's just pure science there. Um, but I think also what we're doing, scanning the body, regulating your pace, doing what you can do, um, and the work output for a 24-hour run is, is much lower than, say, you're going to go do a 5K. Sure. So that it will it'll affect them much less than, mm-hmm. than it would if we were in a high-output environment. So, mm-hmm. But I, I think they're going to feel the dryness of the air yeah. uh, in sure. the lungs. Especially it's going to affect things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm um, just feeling like, oh, man, I need to breathe a little harder. I think their heart rates will be higher than they expect. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that'll be cool when we get the feedback after mm-hmm. the event to see yeah, how it be. compares to, to John and, and Josh's training logs of yeah. where their heart rate was mm-hmm. for this vice. Uh, another thing. Yeah, because typically, you know, everybody moves a little bit slower, heart rates elevated faster, and everybody moves a little bit slower if mm-hmm. they're not acclimated. Mm-hmm. And most people here probably aren't. Yeah, and we, we are not. You're we're not. not. No, we're just not. So, but Tosh okay. is over here just chilling. I don't I live at 7,000 okay. feet. So I, I, every day <laughs> I get it at seven. So, this so in this aspect, you are the Zen master. I have a little bit of an advantage <laughs> here. And I am also wearing shoes. I don't do that barefoot stuff. So I have that advantage as well. So you can wear shoes. You guys are just choosing oh, not yeah, to. You can wear shoes. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll bring, I'll, I'll be bringing shoes in too. Yeah. That's just, just in a, case. Yeah. Who knows? You I'm might bring snowshoes actually. <laughs> oh yeah. There you go. I'm going to bring skis. I would love that. Bring a pull up bar in there. So you can potentially not run the whole time, right? Like you can take breaks and that's right. You can do whatever you want in there, but take naps, but I the mean, goal is to run the most miles. Yeah. The goal, the goal is definitely to win regardless mm-hmm. of who you are. Like you, you yeah. don't want to go out being like, no, I'm not trying to win. I just, it's I mean, I said the, the other box night for 24 Yeah, hours. It's like I said the other night, I just want to have fun, but of course I'm with two other dudes. So why the fuck wouldn't you want to win? Like you yeah. want to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you also know that you want them to push harder so that they push you harder. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh so, yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's any competition ever. Like you want to be competing against people that are s- stronger than you yes. so that you do better. It's, it's yeah. like it a makes constant, you better. like yeah. ladder support. Like yeah. oh. you want the best challenge you can. Yeah. And I, we're going to be bringing all sorts of things into this box. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that sounds pretty crazy, but uh, yeah, we'll be no shoes. I think we're bringing some blankets in. I don't know, lots of different food. Got mm-hmm. some Oreo trail mix. Yeah, very, and then you have to kind of feel around to find where anything is. Yeah, you got your stuff set up already, eh? Yeah, I um, I set everything up. I went through my rehearsals uh, already. Military background, yeah, you know, and so I I fall back to the things that Preparedness. I know. Preparedness, mm-hmm. yeah. and so everything's laid out. I know exactly what I need. Went in the box this morning to to check and make sure that we're setting it all up. You know, we gotta have ventilation in there. I want to make sure that the AV stuff is working. Op check, and part of that was, well, I'm just gonna lay my stuff out, and with my eyes closed, I can get to do everything that I can reasonably expect that I'm going to need to do yeah. uh, and hopefully I didn't forget something and I'm trying to share the stuff that I'm thinking about so mm-hmm. that they can yeah. they can think like oh I didn't think about that you know and um, the rising tide raises all boats yeah and so I think that's kind of cool it's, it's I want to be part of this rising tide with these two gentlemen and they're part of the rising tide for me and in, in doing that we're all going to do better mm-hmm. and ultimately the better we do the, the thoughts that we come out of the box with hopefully mm. creates a greater conversation about the mental health thing. So yeah. it's, right. we're all invested in each other's success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, I, it, but, it, but it's, I'm winning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm but winning. let's be real here, yeah. guys. Tosh uh, is winning. 
Yeah. We, 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 we've had this conversation <laughs> a few different ways. <laughs> Let's uh, be honest. Yeah, yeah. I feel like each of you have said that, like, uh, yes, rising tide. Yes, yes, we'll all help each other. P.S. I'm winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the attitude you should have, right? You want to go, everybody's sure. going in believing that they're going to win. Yeah. Because otherwise, why do it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, the shipping t- containers are out in the World Championship Festival area, mm-hmm. publicly viewable. Mm-hmm. I, I believe there's a there's going to be a live feed. There is. Yeah. So is it like a night vision type of camera that we'll be able to see what you guys are doing? Yeah, with? actually, our production team has got FLIRs set up. Mm-hmm. So uh, they'll be able to see the thermal heat coming off of us. Cool. Uh, it it cool. looks really rad, honestly. I, I, mean, I think we're going to all look like the Predator. That's what I was about to say. It's so, Predator. Yeah. Oh, it's sick. And uh, our production crew has done an amazing job. It's made up of a, a talented group of guys from from Peter Rowe, where we live. And um, they're all, each of them have like a cool aspect of what they bring to the table. Yeah. And the Fleurs were like 11th hour decision. And one of the guys on the team has been able to sort of hack into the Fleur and allow it to wirelessly transmit to the broadcast. It's it's like, it's, it's crazy. It's above us. It's totally above us. It's above us. <laughs> it is. I, I kind of, my directive experts. to Pavel, who's our lead uh, production guy, I just, I just said to him, like, you're the guy, I trust you. Just make it happen. Yeah. And they've, pulled it together it's awesome the stuff they're doing I, I'm blown away with yeah. so yeah. and is there an internet feed can people watch online yeah they can so there'll be uh, there's a, several different ways you can do it uh, you can go to the whiteboardproject.com that's one way uh, go to Facebook whiteboard project again is uh, is the Facebook page and we all have the live feed there YouTube same thing the whiteboard project live feed there and then Twitch TV we also have that I know the guys are working on Instagram TV and that requires a little bit of hacking <laughs> from, from, to, from what I understand. And one of the guys on the team actually wrote an algorithm, so I'm not sure if it will or will not be, but uh, we'll see. It might be on IGTV as well. This is yeah. tacky. And, I, and it's occurring to me that this this is actually going to air after you guys are out, but yeah. uh, will there will there be recaps online or any sort of, where can people see yeah. kind of the rundown of everything that Yeah, happened? for sure. There's going to absolutely be a recap. And again, all those sources, whether it's the whiteboardproject.com, Facebook, YouTube, it's, mm-hmm. it's all going to be there yeah. uh, for posterity. So. <laughs> and, and is that where people, if people want to donate to the cause? People want to donate to the cause and go to the whiteboardproject.com. There's an events page called Locked and Loaded 24 Hours. So it's actually LL24H is the, the event page. But just select it from the drop down. Donate uh, buttons are right there. We've got two fantastic organizations in the United States. We've got uh, the Revelry Project. Uh, it's a military veteran uh, focused organization uh, that sees uh, veterans dealing with combat stress, PTSD, operational stress injuries, uh, utilizing physical activity as a way of helping them in the healing process and getting connected back to life. So, so fantastic organization. Um, and the organization in Canada is Wounded Warriors Canada, same, same sort of focus, uh, military veterans, first responders and their families, a little bit broader uh, umbrella there. But again, u- utilizing physical activity as a way of helping individuals in the healing process. And, uh, you know, obviously given the nature of us physically active guys it, and uh, the, some of the backgrounds at the table, you know, we felt like those were really the two first benefactors that we wanted to put our, uh, our weight behind. So, yeah. yeah. Very cool. And so uh, the whiteboardproject.com? The whiteboardproject.com. Okay. Correct. Yeah. 
So before I let you guys go, because I'm sure you got a lot to think about, to prepare for, you guys go in. Uh, at the time of this interview, it's a little over 24 hours from now. You guys go in tomorrow? No, no, today. Oh, you guys go in today at, yeah. at noon? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, so it's it is, supposed to be around 2 p.m. Oh, 2 p.m. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. at the time of this recording, it's 9.45 right now. <laughs> <There we laughs> you go. go in in just a few hours. Mm. Um, before you go, uh, I would love to ask each of you for kind of a final word, final words of wisdom. We always like to have our guests give kind of final words of wisdom at the end of the episode. And maybe it's something you've learned along this journey, but just like a final piece of advice that you would give to other people who might, mm. whether they want to embark on a project as ambitious as this mm. or just trying to get more active in their lives. Um, I'll start with you, Josh, our old soul. <laughs> yeah, so I think one thing I've personally learned from this is that uh, my anxiety affects every decision I make in life uh, a lot more than I thought it did. So I'd say mental health has become kind of the, the first tier, the, the fundamental um, component of my life. So you need to take care of that first in order for everything else to be in relative check. So that could mean relationships, businesses, adventure races, whatever. If you're not feeling good mentally, then everything sucks. So yeah. You can't be a very good person from there on out. So that's that's what I'd say. Keep your mental health in check. Reach out. Um, hopefully, people are checking in on you as well. Mm -hmm. That's what the power of team is. Mm -hmm. Power of community. So reach out. Stay connected. All right, Tosh. Yeah, I, um, that's awesome. Um, it's got me rethinking uh, uh -oh. how I wanted to answer. But um, <laughs> I think uh, one of the, the driving things in my life is I, I manage the stuff that I manage is. Um, checking back in with myself when things get hard or difficult or challenging and your difficulty and challenges on a different slider or scale than mine we, 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 there's no reason to compare what's hard for me might be exceptionally hard for you or what's hard for you might be exceptionally hard for me it doesn't matter the comparison what matters is the question and it uh, I've, I've trained myself now to just take a deep breath when things get hard when I start to approach my threshold and I feel that I'm slipping I say hey wait a minute you're okay are you okay? You're okay. Are you okay? And I go back and forth. And if the answer is no, well, why not? What's going on right now? And then let's just focus on that one thing. And generally speaking, hey, Tosh, you're okay right now. And so I, I think that applies for me in physical events, starting to feel fatigued, starting to feel tired, starting to get anxious. Hey, Tosh, hey, you're okay. What's yeah. going on? Hey, just take a deep breath. No problem. And it also in my life, mm -hmm. stress starts to happen. So, um, are you okay? Yes, I'm okay right now. So actually asking that of yourself and taking the time to ask that of yourself. Yeah. 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 That's really good. And, and it's similar to what Josh said. It's like these Absolutely. mental check-ins, like really important and most people don't do that. Mm -hmm. All right, John. Wow. I know. I was Those like, pressure's two, on. That's pressure, eh? That's <laughs> two, two, two tough power, acts to follow. Powerful but, answers uh, today. Very powerful answers. You, you know, uh, I'm going to reference a good buddy of Josh and Josh and I's uh, back home. RJ Kayser, a little shout out for him. Mm -hmm. um, he, uh, he left us with this definition a while ago, Latin expression, um, pathe methos, which is uh, translated to through suffering knowledge. So, you know, obviously this challenge is going to bring a lot of suffer uh, in, for, for all of us as we get inside the box. Um, but through that, there is knowledge. There is, there is knowledge that, you know, we can do this. Uh, there is knowledge that um, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and there's knowledge that there's a community around us. And so if you just hearken that back to mental health, it would be the same thing through suffering knowledge. So suffering is not a weakness. 
um, not putting up your hand quite possibly could be considered a weakness, but there's no shame in putting up one's hand when we're dealing with a struggle. Put up your hand, you know, ask for help. There's always a community there willing to lend a hand. Doing this challenge is evidence of that. We literally went from two dudes being from Canada, going to do something in our backyard to being on the world stage at Spartan. It doesn't get any bigger than this. We couldn't have done it without a community. Just like mental health, you can't do it without a community. Mm-hmm. You need people. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Just keep fighting. Awesome. That wonderful, amazing, powerful answers, all three of you. So I'm, I'm hoping people who are listening today who might be struggling a little bit uh, will take pieces of the advice that you guys gave and maybe it'll help people uh, in their journeys, whether it's, you know, again, uh, trying something really ambitious or just living your life. Uh, so thank you guys thank for you. being yeah, on you. the Thanks, Season Robin. Athlete Podcast. And um, I wish you best of luck. I wish you uh, peace and uh, <laughs> strong mental focus and an easy journey, <laughs> as easy as it can possibly be uh, in in this uh, in the locked and loaded twenty four hour. Uh, uh, sensory deprivation challenge. <laughs> nice. It's a long name. Uh, so uh, I'm going to tack on a little recap at the end of this episode because once it airs, we will know who won. Yes. Which one of you won. Uh, so <laughs> John just pointed to himself. It's going to be me. Uh, uh-huh. So uh, we'll know which one of you won, but you guys are all amazing for doing this. And congratulations for coming up with the concept and turning it into what it is here at Spartan World Championships. So uh, thank you for being on the show and and congratulations and go get it. Uh, Great. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. After I talked with John, Josh and Tosh, things took a bit of an interesting twist. Just 20 minutes before the locked and loaded 24 hours of isolation challenge was set to begin, Spartan Race founder Joe DeSena challenged elite Spartan racer Isaiah Vidal to lock himself into a shipping container and participate in the challenge as well. As it turns out, a fourth shipping container had been set up at the Spartan World Championship Festival as a way for spectators to get a sense of what the guys were experiencing. Isaiah accepted the challenge from the Spartan head honcho, and everyone involved hustled to ensure the shipping container had ventilation, Isaiah had the food and supplies he needed, and he was good to go. So when the challenge started, it was four guys who locked themselves in to run as many miles as possible. I'm happy to report that all four made it through all 24 hours. Here's the final mileage when they were released 24 hours later. John Witzing clocked 52.3 miles. Josh Chessman finished close to his good friend with 52.6 miles. Isaiah Vidal, with 20 minutes noticed, finished in second place with 56.3 miles. And Brian Tosh Chontosh, having spent 23 hours and 20 minutes on the Trueform Runner, taking a mere 40 minutes to rest in the entire 24-hour period, finished with an amazing 80.5 miles. I caught up with John Woodsing literally inside his shipping container shortly after the event ended. Here's what he had to say. I'm here with John from the Whiteboard Project. I can hear the echo of the... Uh, Storage bin here. You yeah. just finished the 24-hour challenge. How was it for you? It was definitely what I thought it would be, which was extremely difficult. 
So uh, expectation versus reality. Were, were there anything? Was there anything different or anything unexpected? Uh, there was definitely some unexpected things. Uh, I knew the temperature would get cold overnight, but uh, it got extremely cold, and I wasn't equipped. I all, all I had was that Ranger blanket, and when my pace slowed down, uh, I got really cold really, really quickly, and so I tried to huddle up to get warm, and I just I wasn't getting warm, so it uh, it really affected my my overall uh, psyche throughout the night. I, I had a couple of low points for sure. Sure. How, how did you stay mentally strong to get through this? You know, I think like I was telling you originally, I just tried to stay as present as possible. Like I, I, I literally kept uh, saying the, the mantra, one foot in front of the other. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Like literally out loud at any yeah, point? Literally, literally just, get, just under my breath and just kept saying one foot in front of the other. That's it. Yeah. So. And then at the last minute, uh, Joe DeSena from Spartan challenged Isaiah Vidal, Spartan racer, with 20 minutes notice to come in. Did you have any idea that that was happening? No, actually I was doing another, a, a, a different uh, interview and uh, my girlfriend Riley, who's here with the crew, she came and found me and she said, you got to come, we got to go, uh, Joe DeSena wants to add a fourth container. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, so I didn't know, uh, and it was, it was, it was honestly, it was, it was awesome. Like, the fact that Isaiah jumped in and, and on 30 minutes notice, that's, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And then you and, you and Josh, what I noticed in our original interview is that you guys were super competitive. You've been training together, always been super competitive. You guys ended up pretty close to each other. Yeah. How does how does that feel? You know what? Uh, I'll give it to him. I mean, it's so close uh, on any given Sunday. It could it yeah. could go either way, right? So yeah. yeah. That, today, well, and it was actually Tosh's day. Tosh, Tosh, like really came out ahead. But between you two, he took the win this time. But next time, next time. You know what? I figured uh, whoever took the least amount of breaks or at least amount of extended breaks was the one that was going to have the most miles. It really is a function of, of having, you know, one foot in front of the other. And Tosh gave us a pep talk a couple of nights ago, and I, you know, I kind of could see a glimpse into how he was going to approach this. So uh, I fully expected him to be on top. So would you, I know it's probably really soon, would you consider doing something like this again? Yeah, I, I definitely would. Uh, not not right away. <laughs> tomorrow, you're not getting back? No, not tomorrow. Uh, but you know what, I, I would do it again to test myself for sure. I feel like I, I feel like I could improve on today yeah. uh, or the last 24 hours. And what are you going to do now? Uh, well, I'm going to go eat. I'm going to celebrate with the team because uh, there's, a, you know, as much as there's four athletes in containers, there's a huge team behind this. And honestly, you know, we can't do this stuff without a team. That, that's what it comes down to. This, this is larger than Josh, Tosh, Isaiah, or myself. Absolutely. Well, congratulations for this incredible feat and uh, enjoy celebrating. Thanks, Robin. Thanks to John Witzing, Josh Chessman, and Brian Tosh Chontosh for sharing their story with us today. Although the event is over, they are still raising funds for the Revelry Project and Wounded Warriors Canada. Go to thewhiteboardproject.com and click on LL24H under the Events tab to learn more and to donate. Thank you for listening to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. The music you heard on this episode is from musical and science genius Jason Achilles. Learn more about him at jasonachilles.com. Do you know someone who would make a great guest on this show? Or do you have a unique and inspirational story to share? Shoot us an email, seasonedathlete at gmail.com. 
Check out our entire library of episodes and get to know our distinguished seasoned athlete alumni at seasonedathlete.me. And if you live in the Los Angeles area and are feeling super inspired to train like a seasoned athlete, visit rutsm.com and learn about how to train with me to help bring out the seasoned athlete in you. Now go out there and embrace your extraordinary, my fellow seasoned athletes, because you so can.